The Lord is good. And all the time. So uh, uh, some of these you don't know, um, I'm a children's pastor here at The Rock. God blessed me with this amazing position. And just to have fun every week. And I do that with them. And I remember I said, we're going to change that up. We're not going to say God is good anymore. And if they had stones, they would have stoned me. I said, what we're going to do is we're going to say God is the greatest. And they're like, okay, I can do that. And so we scream it out. And I just want us to scream it out right now. And so what I, what I, what I talk about with them is, what if your house just burned down? Someone just stole your car. Um, and they stole your dog. And all your money is gone. They're like, God's still the greatest. How can you say that? Because he didn't do it. All right, I can agree with that. Who did it? And they said, the enemy. And they quote to me, John 10.10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But God came to you so that we can have life and we can have it abundantly. And that's not a life that he's talking about that's going to happen um, in the future. The Greek is it's just for life now. And then we receive everlasting life. Um, so what I want you guys to do is I want you, I want to say, I'm going to say God is the greatest. You say all the time. I'm going to say all the time. You say God is the greatest. But I want you to say it from your heart. Okay. No matter what you're going through right now, um, I want you to know that it was not God. If you're, in, if you're in something that you just can't bear, it wasn't God. I am shaking like crazy right now. This is so good. I know some of you are kind of like, what's, what's happening? Um, so when God makes me laugh and sometimes he makes me um, shake and then I know Holy Spirit's here and he's just kind of like, hey, come on, you can do this. So... Are you guys ready? And I, I tell the kids, I said, if they, if they yell at you for being too loud, I'll take the blame. It's not your fault. It's my fault. And so the, they scream it out. And so I don't know if you ever hear them because we're in the upper room uh, upstairs. And they scream it out. And it's pretty loud. And there's, there's about 20 to 30 kids in there, sometimes 40, sometimes 50. But they still scream it out. It's pretty loud. So I want you guys to beat that. I want you guys to say it from your heart. And we're going to see We're going to do it at the end of the service. And I want to see if you guys' heart changes from where it is now. You guys ready? God is the greatest. All the time? All right. So we're going to see if we can change it up. So Mike asked me on Monday <laughs> if I'd be willing to come up here and, and teach on healing. And I said, I, I work in the back with the kids on Wednesdays. And he said, um, can you find someone to cover you? And I said, well, I feel like God's telling me yes, so I will. And they're, they're learning about uh, prophecy tonight. And so what may happen is they may have words of knowledge. And that's one way God heals. My gosh, God. Can <laughs> Do you guys see that? No? Okay. Okay, that's good. Um, so what may happen is they may come in and have a word of knowledge. And we've had um, people healed just from the word of knowledge. All right, so God, you're funny. All right, so stop it now. Um, and now I just haven't felt them say, no, I can't go anywhere. Um, so thank you, Father, that you're here. And so they come in and we'll have a word of knowledge. And I'll, I'll go over prophecy, I'll go over scriptures that prove words of knowledge, okay? And I'll talk about the four ways that God heals. But first, we're going to just buckle up because we're going to go fast through some scriptures, right? I felt when God was telling me to do this, um, this is all from scratch, by the way. Um, God led me through some scriptures and said this needs to be instilled in their heart and this needs to be removed, right? So if I was to ask you one question like, okay, um, does God heal everyone? There's a, there's a lot of people that say no. And I say, okay, what's your example in scripture? And they say Paul, right? Right? All right, so we're going to address that. And... Just throw your theology, this is coming from a theologian, I have a master's in theology, and just throw your theology out the door, okay? Um, I had to, uh, because, yeah, what you're going to learn, is, it's going to be remarkable. Because um, when I thought it, I was just like, this is remarkable, God. So healing and miraculous, right, are they one and the same? 
right? So I used to say that, you know, if, we, if I see a healing, the healing is a miracle. And so I'd say, God, you just did a miracle for that person. And I used to say all the time, and someone would say, oh, I just experienced the healing. I said, no, you experienced a miracle. And, and God asked me a question. He said, you're, you're saying that miracles and healings are the same thing. If they were, wouldn't I just give you one gift? And I had a pause for a moment, and I said, you know, in my really fast mind, I was like, I don't know, would you? <laughs> and he said, uh, yeah, if they were one and the same, I'd just give you one gift, but I'd give you two gifts. I'd give you the gift of healing and the gift of miracles. Healing, a lot of times, in, mostly, it can be subcategorized under miracles, right? But I want you to know, healing is separate from a miracle, okay? And I'll, and I'll, and I'll tell you why. Isaiah 53, 5, and do we have, all right, so you guys are in order, right? All right, there we go. Um, if you read that, but he was pierced for our trans. This is all from the ESV, by the way. By the way, um, for our trans transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. Right, and now that was Old Testament. Let's go to the New Testament. First Peter two twenty four. Right, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. Does anyone remember what the last thing Jesus said when he was on the cross? It is finished. So he already paid for our, our, our healing, and he said it is finished. There's nothing more that we can try to understand. There's nothing more that we need to learn. All we need to do is abide in him, remain in him, right? And I'll be talking about how to remain in him. So in this, you learn that God has already paid for our healing. Make sense? So I believe that's why God tells me it's not a miracle. It was already done. It was a miracle when it happened, but it's already been done for you. Right? And so I'm going to just back up real quick, and I'm going to say I'm able to say this as a seminary graduate with a, a, a degree in theology and someone who's wounded. I don't come up here without injury. Um, I have many scars, and they're called lesions. And God made me walk. I can't say it any more than that. He made me walk. I could not walk on a Saturday. On Monday, I walked. The entire room went quiet. Why did he do that? Because he loves me. There was nothing more. There was no one praying for me when I walked that day. And he just in, instilled the power inside my heart. And I just told my therapist, I, want, I don't, I, she said, are you ready to walk? I said, no. She said, why not? You know, she's 20 years old, so she knows everything. And so she gets really loud and trying to listen to me. And... I said, because your status is always remaining the same, I want to move forward. She said, well, you only can walk with a walker, and every time I have to hold you up in, in the gate belt, and you just hit the wall, and then I straighten you out, and you hit the wall. I said, I know, but I'm going to walk. Give me a cane. She grabbed me a cane, and then I ended up walking halfway around the room, and I held the cane over my head, and I finished the loop. And I said, can I just lay this here? And I put it down. And the entire room went quiet, trying to understand, okay, what just happened? Um, how did this guy... We've never seen someone get healed like that or someone that's recovering this way. I had five neurologists. Um, four of them said, your recovery's been amazing. One of them said, your recovery's been miraculous. Can you guess which one? Guess which one believes in God? No? All right. So healing is a sign. Is healing a sign of wicked and adulterous generation? So some of us have been told, um, don't... Don't look for signs. Don't look for wonders. Don't pray for people to get healed because it's a wicked and adulterous generation that looks after a sign, right? 
Matthew 16, 8, or 16, 4, I'm sorry. An evil and adulterous generation seeks for a sign, but no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. And then it reads, so Jesus left <laughs> and departed. Okay? So that's, I'm just, it's a pronoun he, but it was Jesus. So if you're saying, okay, God said an adulterous and a perverted gener- or, uh, evil generation, I know some translations read perverted, um, they will not receive a sign except the sign of Jonah. The sign of Jonah is this. Jonah spent how many days in the well? Three, okay. How many days was Jesus Christ un- in the earth? Three, right. So you understand what he's saying? The sign of Jonah was that he was in this well for three days and God still recovered him because everyone thought he was dead. God still recovered him, right? You are only going to see the sign of Jonah in him, Jesus Christ, when he comes back to life. That's what he's telling him. And this is after he already fed the 5,000. You guys know that. So the, the, some of the miracles have already been done. The water's already been turned to wine. Um, the 5,000 have already been fed. And now he's saying the only, only sign I'm going to give you. And he's talking to who? Pharisees and scribes. Okay? People that have this knowledge. That's what I'm saying. Just drop your knowledge. Mark 16, 17 reads this. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, they will speak in new tongues, they will pick up serpents they w- with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, uh, on their sick, and they will see them recover. So in, in one verse, we have God saying it's evil and perverted or adulterous. In the next verse, he said these signs and wonders will follow you. So I had to go back to God and say, God, okay, why do we have these two contrasting verses? He's like, they're not contrasting at all. In one, they're seeking after the sign. In the next one, they're seeking after the hearts of the people, and my signs and wonders will follow them. So when I started, uh, I can't, I'm starting to jump around, right? So I'm going to go on the next one. So how do we act in one and not the other? Um, Faith and love. Okay, that's how we act in the one that he's talking about when you have signs and wonders follow you. And... In the other, other one, if you don't have faith or love, you're your adulterous generation, so just forget about it. Make sense? So you don't want to act in one. And I'm going to get to a testimony, a personal testimony, where I was seeking after signs. And I saw healing stop in my life. And then God just surprised me with something amazing. 1 John 4.16. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. Do you guys know how much God loves you? God is love. He can't do anything apart from love. He is love. So if you are love, is there anything that you can do without love? No. Thank you. If you are love, you have to act in love. Always. I know some of your minds are saying, well, what about the, 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 the town that he destroyed with all the people, women and children? How can that be love? I don't know. Good answer. Here's my thought, and it's just a thought. If, and it was a, it was a town that was against him, a city that was uh, worshiping idols, okay? If they were against him, if, what would happen to a, a population in a town? Oh, my gosh. What would happen in a town? It, what would happen to the population just gen- in general? What happens to population? It, it doubles, what, every 40 years, right? So the population would grow. So my thought is, is God showing love and mercy by wiping this generation if they're not going to seek after him, if, knowing that they'd be lost? Or, folks, when we die, we as believers don't die. 
even the people that don't believe in God, they don't die. They go on to an eternal torment. Everyone lives forever. It's just a matter of which location you choose. Okay? And so I believe it's love where he says, I need to wipe them out now before they get too big and I have to wipe out more. Right? So it's better to lose one than lose 40. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. So we're asking about how to remain in God. What? How do you remain in God? How do you, abide is, is the word, but how do you remain in God? Love. Right? So many guys are ashamed of love. I see it when I used to work downstairs and dads would drop off their sons. And they had a hard time telling their sons, I love you. I'd say, tell your dad you love him. And they're like, uh. The women, girls, no problem. Love your mom, love your dad. Dad had no problem telling her. But when the boy was there, he's like, no, I got to make him a man. Well, you're talking about the greatest man who ever lived is Jesus Christ, and he was full of love. So don't forget to love. 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. Why do we love? Because he first loved us. 1 John 5, 2. By this we know that we love the children of God. We're asked to love others when we love God and obey his commands. Now, uh, 2 John 5. And now I seek you, ask you, lady, dear lady, not as though I were writing you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the very beginning, that we love one another. Why did I throw it in there? Because I'm a, you're going to see that God has always asked us to love and he'll always ask us to love. The greatest of these is love, and all these, all these signs and wonders are going to go away. But what's going to remain? Love. All right? You guys getting the point? Thank you. John 13, 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That was Jesus talking. We must understand that God is love and he loves us. Because he is love. He does everything from the standpoint of love. You were created in love and directed to love others. He could have created us and put us in a box. Men, when we capture like lizards as boys, where do we put them? In a box. Right? God created us and where do you, where do you put us? On the earth. He created all this for us. He took a whole day making all the stars, all the lights. Day four, right? He created all that so that we can have majesty around us. So that we can look onto his wonders and know that there is a God. So let's get to it. First thing I'm going to ask you to do is please stop asking God to heal and start thanking him that he already has. Okay? The, the understanding there is that, as I told you before, God has already paid for this. He wants you to have it. Thank him that he's already done it. Okay? And there is no, I don't have any formula for praying for people. Just know that you show up, you're in there with, with your heart and trying to love on someone. Believe me, God's going to show up. Okay? All right, and, and remember contend, right? That's going to be the word for the night. Isaiah 55, where he went over. All right, so the Son of God was beaten for your healing. It, was, it has been done. Jesus said it is finished. Our response should be of trust and thanksgiving. After all, God has said it, so shouldn't I do it? God has said, by his stripes, you have been healed. You were healed. Right? So he said it. If, if God can speak the universe into existence with his word, and he says that, what's preventing us from receiving it? Do we think that God's some, like, um, God up there that's kind of mean, and he has a magnifying glass, and he's just trying to put pain on people? He can wipe us all out with a word. 
He doesn't desire that. He desires you. He desires your heart. He wants you well. But what if we cannot get there or are doubting? Everyone, Jesus said, let it be done according to your faith. Were they healed or not? Jesus said, he's, when they said, um, heal me, son of God, heal me. He said, let it be done according to your faith. What happened to them? They all received healing. So do you think, sometimes it comes down to faith, right? Well, um, maybe you don't have enough faith. If that was an example, wouldn't God put it in his word for us? But what we do is we, we formulate different responses because disappointment yields, it births bad theology. Right? So if you have a bad experience and you're just like, this is not what I thought God was, automatically your mind starts to get retrained. Right? And we don't contend for what we believe in. Make sense? Did, so the next question is, did Christ refuse healing to anyone? Everyone that came up to him. Everyone. Even some people that did not ask for healing, received healing. The pool of Bethesda, you guys remember this? He goes up to the guy who's been, what, lame for 20-something years? Or 30 years? And he says, do you want to be healed? And the guy's like, yeah. So Jesus said, get up, take your mat, walk. What did he do? He got up, he took his mat, and he walked. Paul and Peter go to the beautiful gate. Acts 3, right? I don't have these scriptures. They go up to the man that was lame from birth. Make sure you're listening. Lame from birth. Peter looks at him. He looks back at Peter like he was going to receive some money. Peter said, gold and silver I do not have, but what I give you, I give you freely. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. Did he ever say, Lord, help, help me or heal me? No. God gave it to him anyways. And we have testimonies that are gonna, you're going to see tonight or you're going to hear tonight where People were healed and they weren't even asked for it, okay? Just understand this. Does God love you? Is God all-powerful? Can he do anything he wants? Anything that's good, amen. So some of you may, may get healed just in service night. The presence of the Lord falls on you and heals you. If you do, just shout out, raise your hand. We're going to glorify God. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with who he is. And he just wants you to understand who he is. I was up at a Warriors at Heart conference, and the Spirit of God overtook me, and um, this guy tapped me on the shoulder and said, I need healing. I was sharing testimonies with another pastor, and he tapped me on the shoulder and said, I need healing. And I said, what do you need healing for? He said, my, my knees. My knees are shot. I said, okay, uh, let's get you some healing. I turned around and I said, I'm going to gather everyone around here. He said, no, I don't want to take the blame. I said, the blame doesn't belong to you. But what do we do? Sometimes we don't want to receive, we don't want to receive, we don't want to step out because we're afraid of what? Blame or we're afraid of failure, right? That is a lie from the enemy. God said, plant seeds, right? So our job is to plant seeds. We go forward and we, we plant seeds. We pray for people. Every time I pray for someone, I'm planting a seed. Do I make the seed grow? No, God does, right? Right? 1 Corinthians 3, 6. God, I, I planted Apollos water. This is Paul. I planted Apollos water, but God made it grow. Right? So he does it when he wants to. My job is just to plant seeds. This relieved me of so much pressure. So you guys will be praying for tonight, but I want you to understand something. When someone prays for you, I've been asking for healing for nine years. I know it's coming. And I'm praying it's tonight. But the healing is not going to be... 
it's, how do I say, it, you, you're not trying to heal the person, you're just trying to embrace them in love. Okay? And when you embrace them in love, God's going to follow you. He'll even follow you when you don't embrace him in love. I've seen that too. So Paul, you guys know who he is, right? The thorn in the side. How many of you have questions about the thorn in the side or how many of you know what it really means? Huh? Speak up. That's right. It was a messenger of Satan. So what is another name for messenger? Angel. Who said it? Ten, ten points. Angel, right? So it's the fallen angels of Satan who've given, given Paul this thorn. Now, if you go back, what we're going to find out is it, it was actually the Canaanites in the Old Testament. So in Exodus or in Jeremy, Jeremiah, <laughs> I just call him Jer. Um, the, the thorn in the flesh is what he's referring to. If you don't believe that, so we can look at uh, Joshua 23.13, Numbers 33.55. Uh, uh, he said it was the inhabitants of Canaan. They're a thorn in the flesh, God. Right? And so the only time we see this in Scripture, the thorn in fle uh, fl uh, flesh phrase, is in these examples. Okay, Paul and the Canaanites in the Old Testament. And so what he's saying is, these people, someone put on me and I want them gone. But he's saying it's not people, it's the messenger of Satan. So if you look at, sorry, I had to print this up. If you look at, where am I? Yes. All right, so it reads, therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness. I'm sorry. Christ, the God, makes me respond me for the ass, and I Christ, and I am content, and I am content, and insults, and hardships. All right, so I'm in 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. Right? Oh, is it? Oh, praise God. So they have it broken down. All right, so uh, three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should lead me. Right, he's talking about the thorn of the flesh. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weakness, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weakness, insult, hardships, persecution, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When you look at... Um, the Greek, right? The, there's, a, there's a word here that doesn't often get translated, and it's autos, which is he. Okay? So when he's, when he's talking about something in here, some, some scriptures actually are um, Bibles translated it. But I can tell you, if you ever to line those scriptures up with Greek, if you look for the word it, it's not in there. Okay? It's, it's, it's just, it magically appears. But he's talking about he, right? So he's talking about the messenger of Satan, the fallen angel, who, who is torments me. Does he ever say the word sickness, disease, injury? No. He says weakness, which we, we can assume, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. And then if you go on, he talks about throughout his scripture. Whoop, I feel like I have a novel here. We've got to get on to healing in just a second. Um, here it is. In addition, in addition to these reports, I'm just going to read some of this, okay, that we find in 6, chapter 6, and then we go on from there. 4, 5, 6, 8. There, you guys don't have this, so don't worry about it. In addition to these reproaches, necessities, persecutions, and distresses mentioned in the text, in the 6th chapter, he mentions stripes, imprisonments, tumults, labors, 
watchings, fastings, dishonor, evil report, deceivers, um, as, as dying, and behold, we live, as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich, as 11th, or in the 11th chapter, stripes above measure, in prison more frequent, in death often, I mean, it goes on and on. But he never says sickness or disease. Yet we come up with our theology and we say, oh, he must have been having some problem with his eyes. Right? Because in Galatians he says what? He says, see what big letters I write you with? What some theologians believe is that he was talking about the large capital letters that he wrote with to make a point to his, the end of Galatians. Make sense? So he's driving a point home. So you guys okay with that? Or do you want me to continue? There was a clergyman wrote this absurd exposition about God, about his interpretation of what Paul went through. I'm just going to read a portion of it because last time it made me cry. I just felt like God said, I can't believe that they think of me this way. Before considering the subject of Paul's thorn, I quote the following from a transcript of a sermon preached by a prominent New York clergyman, no names, which he also revised, printed in great quantities and distributed in every home in the vicinity of our revival. Right? Of which he had practically no knowledge, having never seen, it gets pretty hard, right? Um, this is um, Christ the Healer is the name of the book. The fact is Paul was sick. This is, this is now the exposition. The fact is Paul was sick. He was the sickest of men. He had one of the worst and most painful oriental, or, oriental diseases. He had ophthalmia, ophthalmia, I don't know how to say it, ophthalmia. A disease of the eyes. The proof that he had it's overwhelming. He tells a, a, of this that he had a thorn in the flesh. So he says thorn in the flesh, and they said, well, he must have this problem with the eyes. And that's basically the basis for all of our understanding that he had a disease that was never healed. When, when he went to Lystra, and he looked out the crowd, and he's supposed to have this oozing eye gunk, pus, right? He looked out the crowd... There was a man there that was lame. Remember this? And he looked at him, and the man looked at him, and he said, this is Paul. He said, he knew that he had enough faith. So I ask you, if you were standing there, and you didn't know the goodness of God, and you're learning for the first time what this man's saying, and you're looking at him, and he's got gunk, like, shooting out of his eyes, like, oozing from his eyes, are you really going to believe what he's saying? Will, will you? You're going to be like, no way. I'm not going to follow this. But he said, you have faith, get up. And the man walked. I said that same thing. Wow. All right. Does God change? So if he healed all his diseases in the, during the New Testament, does he do the same thing today? Yes. And forevermore. We have been given the measure of faith we can give the gift of faith also. So God says you have the measure of faith. All the major texts read the measure of faith. Major, major texts, I'm talking about the Greek texts, they're the ones that 100% agree on everything. Okay, those are called major texts. And on the minority texts, they're the ones that don't agree. There's all kinds of discrepancies in there. Some theologians just throw those out and they just follow the major text. But in the major text, he says, I give you the measure of faith. Which goes back to Jesus Christ when he said to the, the crowds, he said, let it be done according to your faith. They all received healing. And these signs will accompany those who believe in my name. They'll lay hands 
on the sick and they'll see them recover. So why are we not laying hands? Because of fear, right? It has been said, bad experience births uh, poor theology. Heidi Baker, you guys know who she is? She prayed for, it's said that she's prayed for 500 um, blind eyes. How many of you would have given up like at 300? Yeah, I'm with you. 500 blind eyes before she saw the first set of eyes open. What was she doing? Have you guys read, a, read the scripture, 2 Timothy 1.6? For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on my hands. So we get an amber from the fire. It's not on fire. It's just an amber. It's just burning. God places it in our heart. He says, fan into flame. What do you need? You need fuel and you need air, right? Right? Oxygen. And so what I do, I put some, some, uh, some grass or something on it and I start blowing on it. And what happens? It, starts, it lights on fire, right? And I continue to do that and it gets hotter and hotter and it starts to burn. I add more fuel. God says, go forward. Start praying for people. You'll see them get healed uh, eventually. They may not at the beginning, but fan into flame. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. We're moving faster now. You may not think so, but I, I know so. I prayed for someone for three months, and I finally got them, uh, uh, they finally got healed. Right? What was God doing through me? He was fanning the flame, the gift that he, he gave me. Contend. Don't give up. You know that God wants you to pray for the sick, so go and pray for the sick. We get too worried about, well, it, if they don't get healed, then they're just going to laugh at me. When I was up there in, in um, the mountains, I asked this guy, all right, you want me to pray for you? You can't. Don't, the blame's not yours. It's not mine. We'll give it to Satan, and we'll give all the glory to God. I asked everyone in the room, and we had atheists up there, right? We had atheists up there, and I asked everyone in the room, anyone wants to see a healing, come over here. And they came over, and I said, okay, so you know it's not me, and it's not you. I'm going to ask for someone else to pray who's never seen a healing, never prayed for anyone. So some of the atheists raised their hand, and I had one of them come up, and they prayed for him. And they, and they used the name Jesus Christ. They used the name Jesus Christ once. He was 70% better. And then they used it a second time. He was 100% better. He's jumping. 50-year-old Dennis jumping up, touching the rafters. And I'm just like, what are you doing? He's like, I haven't been able to jump in years. Oh, well, then keep jumping. Another guy came forward and he said, hey, will you pray for me? No, you didn't even understand what I did in the first. I didn't pray for anyone. That atheist just used the name Jesus Christ. God's willing to do stuff for people that don't believe. Don't think that you have to be devout, holier than thou, and if you are so and you've, re you've repented of all your sins and you are uh, a convert and you give your, all the glory to God and you tithe 20% that God may answer your prayer. He wants to answer your prayer. All right, so do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever we sow, we will also reap. That's Galatians 6, 7. Whatever you sow, so what are you going to sow? We're going to start to sow seeds of hope, seeds of healing, seeds of friendship, seeds of love, right? And forget the rest. If I'm just planting a seed during this time, every time I'm planting a seed, sometimes I'm, I'm watering it, it may grow. Other times God, right then when I pray, God makes it grow. So the young boy that I prayed for in the back, we're going to go on to healing. Um, this is just a, a healing, this is a healing type that comes through just praying for someone because you feel like our mom has asked you. The mom has asked you. Will you pray for my son? You can't tell mom no. And so I was praying for their son. Well, God grew out this leg, an inch and a half. And um, she apparently has the doctor's report that um, can testify to it. And I just went forward and just prayed. 
right? God can do it at that time. There's times when you may get a word of knowledge. Divine encounters is what I talked about earlier. God may just fall on you right now. We had this, I had this happen in one of the services I did like maybe two years ago. A lady said, um, I just felt the, God, the presence of God in my arm was freed. I, can, I have no more pain. I can move it around. I was like, praise God, do you want to share? And she took the mic and she was yelling at you people. She's like, Jesus is real. You people need to believe. So I had to get the mic back. But um, <laughs> when you get passionate or you get lit on fire, there's something that changes in you. And she received healing and that was enough for her. And I know there are people who are going to be healed here tonight. Mike already talked to Mike. Mike got a word of knowledge when he said someone with hip pain. Um, I know Gloria's going to be um, healed of her back pain. Um, why can I say that? Because he's my God. I know who my God is. My God is all powerful. My God is beautiful. He loves me. He loves you. He doesn't care about your theology. He cares about your heart. Are you for him? Then just say it. Give your life to him. Give up the rest and you'll see the, the majesty of him. Right? So, um, and then um, if you're led in the Holy Spirit, so this is my last example, and then we're going to activate you. So what happens is I went to pray for a guy, and this was when I was seeking after signs and wonders. Nothing happened. I then went to the front of the room, started worshiping God, and then I started getting visions of him. And then God said, you need to go back and pray for him. I said, why? I went back. I said, what's going on? He's like, I'm in so much pain. He had a migraine. And I said, okay, um, can I pray for you one more time? He said, of course. So I prayed for him one more time, and I just wept over this man. When I got done, he said, it's all gone. I was like, What? He's all gone. I saw him the next day and he told me that he yelled from the, the gym, it's gone, it's still gone. Um, I had to ask the Lord, what's the difference? He said, it's a position of your heart, Kurt. Does your heart yield or is it broken for signs and wonders? Or is it broken for seeing people get delivered? So, Lori, Mackay. Mackay, come up here. Mackay. She was healed this past weekend. And she's going to share in a brief story. Um, just flip it on. Is it on? I got the mic. I got right. the power. Go for it. <laughs> so I'm Lori Mackay, for those of you that don't know me. I'm the volunteer coordinator here at The Rock. Um, been on staff for about a year. And God has got me on this really cool journey. It's uh, been different, <laughs> to, to put it mildly. But I'm going to share about what happened last weekend. I um, volunteered to go work at the youth retreat, the Voices Youth Retreat. Anybody there? No? You guys really should go into youth. There's things happening there. Seriously. So um, I went and volunteered at the youth retreat. It was Friday night. We got all settled in our cabin. I met my five preteen girls for the weekend, and I got to test out my bunk bed. It was awesome. And they had a service, and they had a bunch of worship going on, and I was having a great time worshiping. The kids are students, I'm not supposed to say kids, students are just on fire for the Lord. It's really cool. It's something neat to behold. So anyway, I was in there worshiping away, and one of the adult leaders is like, hey, <laughs> I have a word. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. He's got a word. Stands up front, and he goes, so I'm feeling like a Laura or a Lori or a Lauren, or a Lore something, and, you know, come on up. The Lord wants you to be healed. And I'll tell you more about why I didn't come up right then, but I was like, I ain't going up. Nope. Ain't going to happen. And I'm just being really honest with you guys. Is that okay? 
Are you guys cool with that? Can you handle that tonight? <laughs> so I was like, I ain't going up. So I stood there and stared at my friend who's up there giving the word and thinking it's for somebody else, right? How often do we do that? So he then continues on and goes, okay, so specifically this person has pain in the left hip. And it's excruciating at times, so you should really come up and get prayed for. Glory with the left hip. I was like, oh, God, I don't want to go up. I mean, I know, you know, you might think I'm okay standing in front of people. It's not something comfortable for me. I don't really enjoy going up front and getting prayed for. And so I kind of, you know, walked up like this, you know, and stood in front. And it's so cool when you do that with the students because you walk up front and they surround you like a horde. It is crazy. And so they're like, where's the pain? I go, it's just in my left hip. And I think it's my piriformis, not that they, you know, care. And I, <laughs> I was kind of laughing because they're like, all of a sudden I got all these hands on my butt. Am I allowed to say butt in church? I got these hands on my butt. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Kurt taught him that in children's thing. And so. <laughs> no, I did not, Lord. Yeah, you did. You totally did. Hands on my butt. And they were just praying over me. It was just the coolest. I couldn't tell you what they said. And so I'm standing there. And my left leg just goes, right? And immediately I go into an argument with the Lord. I'm like, you are not taking me down first night of youth camp as the adult leader. No, not doing it. So I'm arguing with him. And he's so cool, right? He's not there to embarrass us, right? So my sure? leg gives out, and then, you know, the kids get all excited. So then they start praying more and more and more and louder. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, dear God. This, and I'm just beat red, and I'm hot and uncomfortable. And, um, but this, you know, sense of peace and presence came over me. It was pretty cool. And my friend looks at me and he goes, how's your hip? I'm like, I don't know right now. I can't really tell. It was a little sore from my workouts that week. I couldn't really tell if it was healed. I said, I'll know tomorrow when I get out of bed and I can't walk, right? Unbelief. And so I went to bed that night on youth camp bunk beds with five girls in my room talking all night. So like tired as can be. I got up the next day. And I'm standing there getting ready, putting my makeup on, and I was like, I don't feel anything. This is crazy. I don't feel a thing. Normally I can't. I'm kind of limping around for a while if I've been sitting for a little bit. So all weekend God had me just kind of working through that Bible verse and that story um, about unbelief and how I, freak, I can't, you know, you guys remember the story probably better than me. I'm kind of drawing a blank. But he said to me, you know, the, the story where he goes, I believe but help me with my unbelief. And I was like, what does that mean? You know, it's so, what does that mean? And it was like he was showing me in such a cool way that I didn't ask for this healing. Not once did I pray for it. I had a running joke with Jim Matthews, for those of you that know him. I've been here at a lot of conferences and doing stuff, and Jim's like, you're going to get called out. You're going to go up front. You're going to get healed. You're going to heal your hip. And I go, I ain't going up unless the Lord says my name and says left hip. <laughs> <laughs> so... It was so funny, and so it's kind of been my running joke with Jim, and I'm like, really, God? And to be honest, I didn't, I didn't pray for healing. I didn't think it was for me. Praise I 100% believe for other people's healing, um, I, I think, you know, logically in my brain. Um, but it's, it's funny, and I'm almost done. You won't regret giving me the mic, I promise. But, um, you know, the, the whole thing with the unbelief and stuff. I so I woke up on that Saturday morning. And I was like, oh, I'm feeling good. Okay, well, I'll know later today when I've been sitting 
you know, and then I get back up. Fine. Okay. Well, I'll know on Sunday morning maybe it's just me. You know, maybe I'm just thinking I'm healed. I'll know Sunday morning. Monday morning comes. I'll know after I teach class. For those of you that know me, I teach group exercise classes. I say, I'll know after I teach my first class. No pain. No pain at all. Like nothing. I'm not kidding. And so, I know I keep saying it like I can't believe it, but I can't believe it. And then, yeah, Tuesday, today, um, Tuesday morning, I taught spin class. Usually I can't walk after that. Fine. I was able to talk to people in my spin class about how the Lord healed my injury that I've been talking about for four months. How cool is that? That's right? Awesome. It was just this open thing. So, um, with that, I mean. Don't go anywhere. Oh. Um, so, does anyone here have, can we get the lights up a little bit? Does anyone here have hip pain? Oh, sweet. So, testimonies are, are you, know, you know what they mean, right? So, it means do it again, God. Yeah. And so, God's not partial. He doesn't do it for one person. He's going to refuse it to another. So, Lori and then Mike, you had, you had pain in the hip as well, right? Right? So, you have so he, um, if you have any kind of hip pain, I want you to come down, and these two are going to pray for you. Come right? on. So, come on down. So, this is. Don't, don't be like me. Come on. Yeah, the Lord's calling is, you right now. If, he is. Yeah, Come what's on. the worst going to happen? You're going to walk out of here with the same hip you came in with, right? The best thing is going to happen is you're going to walk out with a new hip. All right? No, don't do that. Um, so all of you with hip pain or all of you praying? Wow, it's a lot of people, hip pain. All right, so just walk over there. Now, if you feel, all right, so we're going to ask God for something. God, give us, give someone here or give people here words of knowledge for healing. Now, when you're listening to the Lord, the first thing that you're going to hear is a, is a word from God. And when, when he says um, shoulder pain or something like that, you just need to have the guts to come forward and say, I just felt God say shoulder pain. Right? Just have the guts. Because Naaman, if you guys remember this story, in 2 Kings 5, he went to Elisha. Elisha sent a servant out. And his servant said what? His servant said, go dip yourself seven times in the Jordan. Right? Did not pray. He's like, what? Elisha, no one's going to pray for me? He got mad. And he said, no, go. He went and he got healed seven times of leprosy. Not only was he healed, he had the skin of a young child. Right? So he had beautiful skin. I would like that. Right? So if whatever you're hearing from God, just trust him. You may have a healing. You may need a healing. God's word also says pray for others in James. Pray for others so that you can be healed. Right? What? I've seen this happen. The guy was praying for me and he got healed. I want to stop and say, God's not fair, but I knew his word and I knew it was good, right? So if you have that, if you have any kind of injury or anything, so if you have a, a word of knowledge, come down here. We have the mic down here, but I'll hand it to you. Um, so if you're getting a word of knowledge from God, come on down here. And then if not, if you're someone that needs healing, I know we have some people down here that need healing. And then if you, ha if you are anything like that, if you just have the guts, I, I, I encourage you just to step up. Because what's going to happen? If you don't get healed... So what? Maybe they planted some seeds that are going to sprout eventually. There's nothing in God's word that says he wants to keep you this way forever. Make sense? So if you have any kind of injuries, legs, arms, brain, whatever, eyes, come on down. Are all of you guys healed? Seriously? We have... Okay, what, what, the, go ahead and grab the mic. Right there. What's your word? I can say it. Right shoulder, right arm. That may be me. <laughs> but I'll, I'll take it. So right shoulder, right arm. You come over here to Lindy. 
Oh, wow. Ray, sorry, Ray. Left side of the neck, left side of the neck. What is your name, sweetie? Clara, sorry, sorry. Clara, come down here, Clara. Right? Clara. Left side of the neck, pain in the left side. Okay? What else? Any words of knowledge? All right, so, yes, what'd you get? Gut issues. And digestion issues. Anything like that. Mary's going to pray for you. Or do you guys all have words? Or are you guys here for or healing? You, you, you have a word of, for me? Okay. I'll come down and pray for you guys as well. I'm just trying to figure out. Now, the rest of you that are sitting there with your arms folded and saying, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. I want you to get up out of your seats and come down and lay hands on someone so they can be healed. When you receive a healing, I want you guys to shout it out or something, okay? Make sense?